when he set his sights on the MLB, his experience through minor leagues and how to stay optimistic, what making his major league debut was like, what the 2020 COVID-19 major league baseball season was like, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number two, two, six, with relief pitcher for the Washington Nationals, Ryan Harper. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I'm here because you want to become the best version of yourself, but there are so many things that you need to do in order to get there. And because it's overwhelmingly complicated, it's easy to lose focus, easy to lose a sense of direction, which is why so many people fall short of their true potential. That's why I create videos, podcasts, and fitness programs to keep you on track to your best you. Go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. Today, I am so excited to bring you Relief Pitcher with the Washington Nationals, Ryan Harper. Ryan originally got drafted to the MLB back in 2011, but he didn't make his first debut until March of 2019, and I can't wait for you to hear about his journey in the minor leagues and how he was actually able to stay optimistic throughout it all, which was something that I was really surprised about. Be sure to share his episode with a friend who is maybe an MLB fan or send it to someone that you know who is grinding and struggling with being patient with the process and patient with the journey. As you're listening, be sure to tag me on Instagram at carrier underscore best. You put it in your Instagram stories and let me know what your favorite part is. Before I dive into it, Monday mornings I know can be the bane of your existence. I know it can seem so impossible to get motivated on a Monday morning, and I don't want that to be the case for you anymore. So make sure you're subscribing to my Monday Motivation Trio 111 newsletter. Every single Monday, I send out one motivational quote, one inspiring video, and one killer workout to get your week started with a bang. So go to nickcarrier.com slash 111 dash newsletter. Like literally, I'll wait for you right now. Pull out your phone, go to nickcarrier.com slash 111 dash newsletter and get this in your inbox every Monday morning. Now, without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with a relief pitcher for the Washington Nationals, Ryan Harper. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I am super stoked today to have the one and only Ryan Harper today with me. Uh, Appreciate you spending time with me, Ryan. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, dude. So uh, Ryan is the, a relief pitcher for the Washington Nationals. Just got wrapped up with this uh, COVID-19 season here. Uh, the the season that was only, what was it, 60? How many games was it? It was 60. 60 games? 60 games. Awesome to talk about. A little bit about this, this season and stuff, but basically the way I want to start is to give myself a little bit more background on you and kind of give the listeners a little bit more background on you. You're here in Clarksville, Tennessee, so right by right by Nashville where I am. You went to Austin P State, but I want to kind of go back to even a little bit earlier than that. Was there a particular age or a particular time where you kind of determined in your head that I know I'm going to try to go to the MLB? Because I feel like a lot of people, when they're growing up, a lot of high school players might think they want to do it, and college players, same thing. But was there a time where you're like, I'm going for this thing? Yeah, it was probably, I was, let's see here. I would say when I was 22 is when I said I'm going to go for this. As after I was drafted. I mean, playing growing up, like, obviously, I love baseball. Like, I've started doing it since I could walk. My, I come from a baseball family. Dad played in college, was an All-American, but... I started young, and I was just always playing just kind of for fun, being competitive, you know, just going out there, seeing how hard I could hit it, uh, how hard I could throw it, just things like that. But um, once I got, like, I got a scholarship for college at Austin P, and then just kind of was just playing, just have fun and see what I could do with it, just being competitive. And then when I got drafted, I got a chance to say, you know what, now it's, 
it's time to find a career in life. So, I mean, I might as well just try this baseball thing for a couple of years, see how it works. And uh, fortunately, I've been blessed and lucky enough to still be playing at 31. That's awesome. When you were growing up, I'm sure you, when you were growing up, especially you were, you were playing a lot of different positions and I played baseball as well all throughout high school. So I know that a lot of people t- play a lot of different positions and stuff and a lot of people don't necessarily just specialize as like a relief pitcher or anything. So what did you play kind of in high school and in college and when did you kind of really refine that you refine the fact that you were going to be a relief pitcher? Yeah, I um I was just all all growing up I was a middle infielder, uh mostly shortstop. So I mean shortstop was my position. I was um played just a bunch of travel ball teams growing up. I mean, I would pitch every now and then. And like when I would, like I could always throw a curveball, had a good feel for it. So I was like, it would, I would have success in I pitch, but I mostly just, cause I was like, you're growing up, you want to hit. So like I'm hitting, playing a position. And I mean, all through high school, I was shortstop. And I got a, I got some junior college offers to play um, shortstop at the next level. And so I was committed to go to Jackson state for baseball for a couple of years as shortstop or, um, I almost went the option of playing basketball in college. But when I realized I should start pitching is I started pitching full-time my senior year. And then all of a sudden uh, I started getting a lot more calls and a lot more division one offers. And I figured, well, this is probably what I should do. More phones ringing more. This is what people seem the most interested in. So I uh, went the pitching route from my senior year on uh, all through college. Gotcha. And so when you're in, when you're in college and it's not like you went to a big school or anything. You went to Austin P State, uh, right there in right there in Clarksville. Hey, now that's a big school. Watch. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not down talking at all. You got some players. No, I'm just kidding. I'm messing with you. No, well, I mean, some of some of the best players come from smaller schools. I know you're messing with me, but but my what I was getting at, what I was getting to is how many players actually have their sights set on like I want to try to go to the MLB and which ones are like, and how many are really kind of like taking it seriously. And that's what I want to do with the next level. A lot of them, a lot of them are, I mean, like if you, if you got a good team, more than likely everybody's there to play a game that they love and be competitive and just get the camaraderie of like the friendship in college, like baseball is like a fraternity instead of like going in fraternity, like baseball is the same thing. So like people are there, they love baseball. They're obviously good enough to get the opportunity, but the people that don't take it seriously, I mean, there's those, um, they usually get weeded out over time. But, uh, I mean, heck, you can have fun, but still take it serious. I mean, you wouldn't be playing at a high collegiate level if you weren't competitive, if you weren't good. But um, my thing is, is with that, um, a lot of people, some people are doing it just to be competitive, to see how long they can do it, kind of how I did. I just was just going to have fun and be competitive in college. I battled some injuries, and it's just – that's just part of it sometimes, but some people do go in like, like heck from high school on and nowadays. It's crazy how times change. Like um, people do get the aspirations to become a major league baseball player at a younger age. And we um, just, it's, it's different for each person, but like, yeah, on my college team, there's a lot of guys who are like, all oh, right, let's uh, like, that was their like main goal. But our better years is when we were more focused on the team, the teams, the years we had better success is when it's like, all right, let's go out here have fun, individual success and future will take care of it. But college, you just got to, you got to go and you got to be close with everybody and you got to, you got to care and compete and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of one of the, I think one of the reasons why I asked, because I know that 
obviously you're going to succeed better as a team if everybody is focused on the success of the team and not the success of the individual. So that's uh, it's it's good to hear that a lot of guys were doing that and uh, and y'all you felt like you guys had more success when you were. So you were drafted for the first time back in the 37th round in 2011 by the Atlanta Braves, um, and then you didn't make your first debut until 20. 19. You you got pulled up for the first time in 2017, but make, didn't make a first appearance. So kind of want you to talk a little bit about your minor league experience, because I know that talking to other people in the minor leagues, that it's kind of a grueling experience, right? You don't get paid that much. You travel a decent amount and, and certain players are getting called up and getting called back down all the time. So just talk, talk a little bit to the grind of what the minor leagues is like. Well, it's, it's not as bad as some say. Like, when I was drafted in 2011, I was just kind of going just to see what it was all about. Just to, like, everybody was there going to do the same thing as me. He's like, all right, I'm drafted. Let's see what pro ball's like. But uh, coming up through it, I mean, there's parts and there's times where it's a grind. But in your early years, when you're young, like in your low to mid-20s, it's you're playing baseball as a job, even though you're not getting paid much. Like, you get, you get a lot of close relationships with some friends. Like, it's some friendships you'll never lose. So it's good. Um, it's like, obviously everybody wants to be in the big leagues just like that. Cause that's, you get the same love for the game. You get the same, like, uh, camaraderie of all the guys you're with and it's fun, but you're also, you're in the big leagues. You're getting all the special things the big leagues has to offer, but growing up the minor leagues, it's, everything's good except for the financial aspect of it. They are, I, mean, I think they're working on different ways to get them paid more, more of a minimum wage. But as far as the time, I wouldn't trade it, trade it for anything. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Just um, it's it gets it becomes harder as time goes on. It's hard to do it that many years, especially as you're getting older. You're trying to start a life. You're trying to start a family, and you can't really uh, afford it unless you like had a big sign-in bonus or something. But it's something that is a lot of fun, and I would recommend it for anybody that has an opportunity to do it. That's awesome. Well, I love your I love your positivity towards it. Um, was there ever? Like maybe at the beginning when you were drafted, did you ever tell yourself or tell anybody else that like, I'm going to try it for this long, I'm going to try it for this number of years, and if I don't make it by then, then I'm going to stop trying? Not really. I kind of just went the whole approach like, I'm going to do this until they tell me, until they don't give me a job. That's kind of how like I went the first few years. And like I would tell some like buddies or some family offices like, okay, well, um, if I don't get so-and-so by this time, then it's probably about over, but Every time, like, I would say that, it would go good. People offered me another job. And I was like, I'm just, I mean, I'm literally a phone call away. I mean, I did, I sat in double A for four years. And I, the first year I was in triple A, I finally got a s- small call up for like three days with the Mariners. And then the next uh, year, I was in the minors again, full year. So, I mean, I was like, right, I was in the minor leagues with, in, in double or triple A for five, six years. And so, like, I was a phone call away a lot and had a lot of success those years. So I was close, but I was like, I'm not going to give up until they tell me to stop. Like, I'm literally like, anything can happen. If I get a chance, I think it'll – I think I can show people what I'm capable of at the highest level. And um, so I just – I kept going. And now at this point then, too, like, I just as long as someone's giving me a job, I'm going to keep going. It's just – but, like, eventually the clock's going to run out for everybody. My um, My goal and what I'm supposed to do is just try to push myself away from – the exit door just keep myself going towards playing the whole time if you I mean you, like I said you can't play forever you just go out there and all you can do is control the things you can control I love it I feel I love your like optimistic and, and kind of carefree approach just like I'm gonna keep giving it my best and you know if I keep getting a job then I'll keep keep playing if I don't then I won't I, I think that's a really really cool approach but like you, you kind of mentioned 
how back in uh, I don't know what year it was you said, but the Mariners called you up for a few days for a few days, and then kind of the next year you spent a whole another year back down in Double A. But you you do have this kind of like optimistic approach towards things. But did that ever did that feel defeating that you were like there, but then for a few days and it's like oh right back down to Double A or or what was that kind of experience like for you? It did suck because I mean I'd worked so long to get to the big leagues and like felt like I was just close and I finally got that call it was in 2000 and um heck I should have this memorized better it's 2017 with the Mariners um it was at the end of May I got called up and I just I was up there just three days and uh they sent me back down I never got a chance to go back up that year which was it, it sucked I mean I, it wasn't deflating if anything it kind of like just fired me up and got me excited and motivated me for the next year because like I was just like well, this is just, I worked that long and I finally get a chance to do it. And then I'm only there a short time, but I'm grateful for the, them giving me the three days, even though I didn't pitch, but it, it changed my career and it put me on the radar for some other teams more. So that was, there's a bright side to everything, but um, and, I mean, it did fire me up to where like I wanted to go out and prove them wrong for not giving me the opportunity. Yeah. That, no, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. How you see it, see it as a, or saw it as a thing that fired you up and just kind of lit a fire into you even more. So when you did get called up back in 2019, I'm sure there's a lot of different things that people get called up for and a lot of different reasons that people got called up for. But is there anything in particular that you feel like helped you to get called up and to kind of get over to that hump and to finally be able to get your first major league debut? Right place, right time. Uh, it's it's that honestly for a lot of people that is how it is right place right time sometimes like people that like are scheduled out like if, if you have like the same front office same coaches and you're kind of going through their system their pecking order then it's kind of like okay like they kind of like have a plan for you a path for you um but when you like have like a team that goes through front office changes like the braves did the before they traded me so it kind of messed up my path with them and uh the mariners yeah, it was it was my last year under contract, and they just um, went a different direction after the season. They didn't resign me or give me the chance. But it's just it's 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 a business, and you just gotta go with the flow. Yeah, I got you. Is there because it is so crazy? It's so dynamic. Things are changing all the time. Like you said, that you're kind of at the mercy of the business that is that is the MLB team and. You can be trader and traded at any time. Team can decide not to resign you and stuff like that. Is there any kind of lesson that you got from any mentor in the minor leagues that kind of helped you navigate through all that kind of stuff? No, I have a I have a really strong support cast back home, friends and family. They, uh, I mean, they were never like pushing me to be done. I was having success, so they told me to keep going. But like, it, it is a grind. But like I said, at the same time, we were. We're still playing baseball. We were still getting to play the game. We're still like a phone call away from the big league. So like that was a positive. Yeah, at points like it was hard. So you'd be counting down the days for the season to be over. Like, all right, I'm ready to go home. This season's long. Doesn't look like it's gonna happen. So I mean, it's just it's one of those things. You just gotta you gotta develop closer relationships with the guys you're with. Otherwise, it would be miserable. And you gotta have a strong support system home at home. Yeah, and so as as a pitcher when you were in the minor leagues. Um, did you feel like the thing that you that needed to take you to the next level was simply like be at the right place in the right time, have that right opportunity, or were were there things where that you were like, 
either that you knew about yourself or that other coaches maybe have pointed out to you that you were like, I need to focus on this and I need to get better in this area in order to get that right opportunity. So was there anything like specifically as a pitcher that you're like, I need to improve here in order to be in the right place at the right time and have that opportunity? Not necessarily. It was, I mean, I, uh, I feel like I, I mean, I'm not saying I would have, I'm just, Oh yeah, this would have happened. But I, I do feel very strongly if uh, I got, I injured myself at the end of 2014 where I had elbow issues I battled for about a year after that. I was on like the, a good fast track with the Braves, and I, I do feel like in 2015 I would have been called up with the Braves. Um, but uh, unfortunately, I hurt myself at the end of 14, and it really hurt my um, – and it really like – in spring training, instead of being better, it got worse. So I had to shut down for two months, and 2015 was pretty much a wash instead of being a big league season. And then they traded me after the season, and then I was with the Mariners. And um, – I was healthy those years, but after my injury, I, um, I changed a little bit of mechanics, but it didn't really like change the style I pitched. I, uh, I just shortened up an arm slot. Maybe it helped me with command a little bit. Like as far, I've always thrown strikes, um, have more like a good strikeout to walk ratio, but, um, I think it maybe helped my fastball be located a little better. Um, but that just could be me overanalyzing it because even before I changed it, I was able to locate it pretty well as well. But, uh, I just, like I said, I think it's, a lot of it was right place, right time to finally be in a spot where when I was, when they needed someone, I was there the year they needed someone when I was with the Braves. Unfortunately I was hurt. So that kind of thing. And with the, and the Mariners, I mean, I was there, but they just didn't give me the chance to throw in a game. So, yeah, but it was, I mean, not, I've never really had to change much mechanically, just basically just go out there and attack and be competitive and control the things I can control. And as far as the big leagues, it's, um, be the right place at the right time. And when you get an opportunity, you just go out there and be you. Don't try to do too much. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we'll trans, kind of transition into the big leagues now. So like I said, you got called up in middle of 2019 and made your first debut in March of 2019. Um, just talk a little bit about what it was like stepping out onto, onto the mound for the first time in the major leagues. It, it was great, man. I, uh, it was just a, it was a surreal year. Um, the it was my first it was actually my first major league baseball camp spring training invite like major league spring training invite so I was like all right sweet I got a chance to go be the team you know like I mean I probably won't make it just because like I'm one of like the the new guys but they gave me an opportunity it means like I might have a good chance sometime throughout the year it means like the front office and the head coaches and the big league staff get to see me well um I went to spring training and I had a, a really good camp out of spring with the twins that year and um, the coaches were awesome. We, uh, I loved the manager there, Rocco Baldelli. He was, he was great. And I was, I did, uh, I mean, at the same time I was there, like there was a couple injuries in spring training where I worked out. I was like, well, this guy's been throwing good in spring training. And I was right there. And so they told me at the end of spring training, I made the team out of camp and I was able to stay there uh, all year last year after that. So it was, it was cool. And stepping on the big league now the first time, it was, it was something that I like kind of imagined and like dreamed of, but like, I tried not to let that really be the thing that was part of it when I was out there. I mean, the the first time, the debut is definitely noticeably different than all the other outings. The other outings, like, it's they're all intense. They're all fun because it's the big leagues. But the first one, you're just like, oh, man, it's the first one. I'm here. I don't want to mess up. Um, but you got to, like, watch that out. And you're just like, you're there. It's like, okay. Those thoughts are, like, in your head or there before. But when you're pitching, you just got to – it's the same thing you've been doing for years. It's you versus the hitter, and you got to zone it out. But when you're done and you get out of that inning, I was able to um, 
end my last outing on a strikeout and put up or end my debut with a strikeout and a zero. So I was, I was thrilled and it was a good start and kind of just like kind of got to exhale a little bit and just go on and be myself the rest of the season. That's awesome. Yeah, I can I can't even imagine. I'm glad that you got your debut in uh, 2019 rather than 2020. That would kind of a uh, kind of sucks a little bit for people. Yeah, I mean it, it's your your major league debut is still a major league debut and you're still uh, in the show, but to do it in front of fans has got to be ten times better to than doing. Oh it yeah, it was great. We had some guys that uh, in Washington that debuted this year, and it was. I mean, I was that you can't take anything from a big league debut, no matter what it is. The like the guys, whether it was this year their debut or years past debut, it's like you're still in the big leagues, like you said, it's the highest level. So it's going to be special regardless. And when you're pitching, you don't notice that. I mean, I mean, some people notice it more than others. I didn't notice it that much, like the whole fan situation like yes when you're before the game during the game when you're like watching like it's very obvious it gets kind of boring and it's just a lull but when you're actually out there pitching you versus the hitter I mean I personally don't notice I don't know about everybody else out there but it's still you can feel the big league stress whether there's fans or not because it's your job it's your livelihood you got a lot of people watching on tv still and a team that's invested a lot in you and are, is one to you to do good so yeah, I still feel the stress out there, but the fans, the fans make it better, and people that got their debuts this year will get the opportunity to do that next year. They, you never know this virus. Hopefully, they get to do it next year. Yes, seriously, seriously, but but like you said, they still feel the the stakes of the situation, and it's it's still oh, the yeah, leagues, and there's still the energy. Still that, that, I'm sure they are talking to them. They all still felt that rush. I don't think it would have been much different if there were fans there and either. Maybe like before the game building up, but when they're pitching, uh, I guarantee it was pretty similar. Yeah, I'm sure. So you spent from 2011 until prior to 2019 in the minor league, so a number of years, and now you've spent a season and a half slash two seasons in the majors. Was there anything that was maybe the biggest difference in regards to maybe the way players worked or how the clubhouse worked or anything kind of like unexpected about the major leagues compared to the minor leagues? All big league players are good <laughs> for no time for time off. It's the best of the best. Um, the eight, nine batters in the big leagues are the top four hitters in lineups. So that's just, uh, they've, uh, the hitters take advantage of your mistakes more, that kind of thing. Just like the pitchers will, uh, take advantage of hitters mistakes more. It's just, that's just, it just gotta be more fine tuned. Like you can't really like, it's more for per, uh, perfection. You can't really mess up as much, that kind of thing, because they will they'll make you pay if you have a mistake. That's that's the only difference I I know. Like defensively, like yeah, there's it's overall better in the big leagues, but there's some great defensive players in the minor leagues that I think sometimes make even better like web gym plays because uh, it's it's become like so hitter friendly or not hitter friendly now. Just like hitting is like the most important thing now, so there people are focusing on their hitting. Uh, a lot more, but the that's the main difference about the big leagues. I noticed is just obviously they're just overall just better players, right? Is there any is there anything that's different about the best of the best in the major leagues compared to everybody else in regards to maybe their preparation or some things they do differently, they act differently, or anything about their behavior that you feel like you've been able to notice that separates them apart from the other people? Um. Well, the big leagues it it gives you pretty much no choice but to do things differently. It's everything's like at your feet just to do like what you, if you want to like 
go hit extra. It's literally you walk downstairs and there's a cage, like, and there's multiple coaches there to help you. If you want to throw, there's people to catch you and do like, you literally have and there's the training staff, the, the strength coaches, like they're all right there. And like, they want to help you. They like push for you to do stuff. And it's like just anything you need, basically. And the minor leagues, like they're a little short staff, so they can't really do that as well. Even though they're all the coaches and trainers and staff, they're great as well. It's just, you can't take care of everybody all the time in the minor leagues and at the big league level, everything's just, I mean, you're weighted on hand and foot for the most part. They make your life just ultimately easier. And that's, that's what helps there. And yeah, there's people that have great work, work ethics and um, um, that, but that's, that's not like there's not that in the minor leagues, minor league players have just as much. And a lot of the time those guys make it to the big leagues, but it's just, it's just, everything's there available and it's easy accessible. Like, Oh, TVs, being able to watch film. That's just, it's so uh, everything's just, top-notch and you like they're wanting to make it as easy for you as possible yeah i feel like you have access to a lot of a lot of opportunity to work harder without having to put as much effort in to work hard if that makes sense yeah exactly gotcha is there anything since you've been in the major leagues you've probably been around some awesome pitchers awesome coaches awesome other teammates any biggest lesson or piece of advice that you feel like you've gotten from somebody at this point in the major leagues no, like not anyone in particular. There's been a lot of good people that I've dealt with. Like uh, this year, like in Washington, like there was some great coaches. The manager there, he was great. Davey Martinez, he was awesome. Um, everybody was just super nice and supportive. Like they're there if you like have stuff, just like with the twins. Like I told you like how much uh, I like Rocco Baldelli. I've been blessed with two big league teams I've been with were honest. I mean, I don't know all the big league coaches, but it's me hard to – be much better than David Martinez and Rocco Baldelli, I think. Those are two great managers. But uh, just, I mean, everybody's there for positivity, more support, and just to help you if you need it. But they're not really like just one lesson, uh, or I can think of particularly, no. Gotcha, cool. So I want to just talk a little bit about this season and how it was a little bit different. We touched on it a little bit earlier and how you guys still felt the energy, even though there weren't there weren't fans. Obviously, there was, there was some difference. But was there a biggest challenge for the guys in general or maybe for you in in terms of get, getting psyched up for the games or anything like that biggest challenge from this COVID-19 season if you will yeah like uh as you said the the energy was there well the energy was only there when you're pitching there was no energy outside of that yeah watching it or getting ready for the game it was it was hard to really get the energy to go and like have the motivation because it was just kind of and also the unknown every day of like what's going to happen? Like, are they going to tell us we can't play? Are we going to do something wrong? Are we getting in trouble? Like as far as not following the rules, it was just, it was a big hassle. It was a big pain in the neck. But when you got the chance to go out there and play, it was a lot of fun. And I know the guys, most, for the most part, guys throughout the league just went out there and played the game that they loved since they were kids, you know? So it was, it's, it was hard to get up, but it's still, you're getting to play baseball. So just go out there and have fun. It was easier for some guys than others. Um, but, uh, that's that's about it man do you feel like because so the game was shortened down to 60 and if you're not a baseball fan out there there's usually 162 games so it's less than half of a season did anybody did it feel like the games were higher stakes and there was any kind of sense of urgency and more of importance per game because of that reason yeah you could tell like the teams and just like coaches when I would start to like feel the urgency a little more a little early like, out the gate, like, not really as much because you're just kind of seeing how the season's going. You're getting your feet wet, seeing, like, how how you start. But I'll say at about the halfway point, at about 30 games, people are like, okay, like, it's like, are we going to make a move and 
make a make a playoff push here or are we going to just fall back and not get a chance to make it so that kind of about halfway through I would say mid-August is when you like had to like be like okay let's go what's going to happen yeah gotcha okay so now I'm going to ask kind of a, a hypothetical question if you will so I want you to give a piece of advice to 22 year old Ryan Harper who's early on in the in the minors and recently uh, got drafted what piece of advice would you would you tell 22 year old Ryan stay healthy <laughs> but you're like yes how you stay healthy I mean I don't know I uh I started doing there's something I've left out I started doing uh weighted ball exercises for my shoulder about the time after I hurt my elbow and that's really helped me strong uh, be stronger so I think I would just say do the weighted ball earlier and just really focus on building up the strength in that shoulder because that strengthens your whole arm down to your elbow. But yeah, definitely, definitely just stay healthy, try to stay out of trouble and just go the right direction because I, I do like a couple injury setbacks did suck, but yeah, now let's just move forward. I would like to have a better feel for a changeup now too, but I don't know. I've, I've tried that all through high school too. Gotcha. My pitch. Still working on it. Still work in progress. Good. Um, but honestly, I feel like there's actually a bigger lesson in regards to you saying the piece of advice is stay healthy because I'm a fitness trainer. So obviously that healthy and being fit and stuff is something that I preach and something that I talk about. But I, I truly feel that everybody should have a high priority every single day of health, and fitness because if you don't feel your best no matter what your job is whether you're a teacher whether you're just whether you're a mom whether you're a dad whether you're a plumber or an MLB player like if you're not healthy and feeling your best you're not going to be the best version of whatever that job or that role is that you could be now obviously it's probably exaggerated a little, little bit more when you're an ML, when you're a pitcher because you literally can't perform when you're hurt but i think that's a overall a bigger overall lesson too Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I agree, man. Just, uh, if you're, if something feels off in your body, it just, it weighs you down and you just don't have the energy or the drive that you normally would. So mm -hmm. just feeling good is crucial. Yeah, no doubt. Well, down to the last couple questions here, Ryan. So I think that in order to get closer to the best version of yourself, it's really important to try to like gain clarity and gain a vision of what that person looks like and what that person is capable of. And so for me, what I found as a really beneficial for a beneficial question for myself is what I'm getting ready to ask you. And that's, is there a particular skill or a particular piece of knowledge that the best version of yourself has that you don't currently have? Hmm. Particular skill. I'm usually like a high energy, high positive guy, well, which I still am right now. But I, after the season, I have been in like a little lull. So maybe just I need that, just like the spark of just adrenaline, just to get that positivity and the good vibes back going. But no, there's really, I can't really think of any positive thing to tell myself, like as far as advice to get to that level. Just go. I mean, everything that drives me is what's driven me in the past, what drive me now. Just be competitive and be better than myself. Like I'm, I'm my biggest competition. So be better than I was last year. Be better than I was the year before. Just be better than I have been. That's all. Just be yeah. better every day. And I actually wasn't going to ask this, but I thought about it because I've, I've also interviewed, uh, I don't know if, if you've heard of him before, but Kyle Farmer, he's a utility player for the Cincinnati Reds. And um, we talked a little bit about how in the middle of the season, like it's high energy and, 
you're, you're working hard, you're doing stuff all the time, your schedule's, you know, constantly going, 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 but then once you get out of the season, it's kind of just like, whoa, like everything's kind of weighed, it, it slowed down a lot, and right now, you have different stressors in your life, talking about moving and, and getting some stuff, uh, getting some furniture moved, so I'm sure that's keeping you occupied now, but what can you do to make sure that, like, you don't stay in that lull? Like, how, how what do you do once the season is over and you're not constantly going, 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 and you don't have game after game after game in order to kind of keep yourself going and motivated? You find things to keep you busy. I mean, obviously, you should give your body a rest. Like, you, you need that wind down. You need that. But, um, yeah, I mean, you got to get back to your workouts. You got to start working out and get ready for the next year. I mean, it's it's your job, so you can't just sit and do nothing. So you got to get back and start training for the next year after maybe just people take their different amount of time. Some people don't take breaks. Some people take a week or two, some people even a month, just whatever you feel, but you got to get back training for that. But um, you also got your hobbies. Like people got their things that, that they like to do around their house or around their cities or travel, whatever people like to do different things. I like to golf personally. I get out and uh, try to golf a lot during the off season. And also just try to just get stuff where I hang out with my family, my friends and just, just keep going just try not to lay around the house too much but it's yeah. at first it, at first it's nice to give yourself a little bit of downtime cool man cool man well i like it well before i ask the last question uh, i want to acknowledge you i think your consistent optimism and positive outlook during your minor league career is something that's probably pretty unique and you're you talked about how you just roll with the punches and you know i'm just going to keep working hard and keep pitching and as long as i have a job i'm going to keep I'm going to keep playing, and if not, then that's that how that's how it rolls. And I think you just had such a, a positive outlook during that time when a lot of people probably didn't. So I think that's really cool and unique. You guys need to make sure you uh, go tune in next year. Hopefully we uh, get to see you play a little bit. Hopefully we got some stands, uh, some people, some fans in the stands next year and get uh, a little bit more energy for uh, the times that you're not pitching. So, <laughs> But uh, la- last question here, Ryan, is I think that getting closer to the best version of yourself – it's a constant journey, and I also think it's a unique journey. I think the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So for you personally, if you could currently do or work on three things to get closer to that best version of Ryan Harper that you could possibly be, what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? I would like to – there's a couple pitches. like So that's the thing that I'd like to work on. I'd like to – mess with a couple pitches that I haven't really used before, kind of just do that and just kind of see what I can make them do as far as movement. Um, when I'm, let's see, that's one. Another thing is uh, I was going to say like maybe sometimes I get, I do get kind of like mad pitching if it doesn't like, if I don't get like a big out that I wanted, but you know what, that's kind of at the same time. That's, that's me. That's way, and that's kind of how I feel like I got here at the same time. So I, uh, I'm going to take that one off. I don't, I don't care about that. One. <laughs> no, just, the, but I'd like to get stronger. Like, um, like get in the gym, hit that. It's another thing too. Like I, I have a good like off season training program with one of my buddies here. He, he's been training me for a while, so he does a great job of that. But so that's, that's another one. Like get in there with him. I've taken about a week and a half off. He, he's, he didn't like that, but, <laughs> but, um, so just pitching and then, uh, get in there and work out and then just make, maintain staying healthy, man. That's it. Love it. Love it. Well, appreciate it, Ryan. That's all we got today, man. All right. Hey, you've been awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
There you have it. Such great insight into the life of a minor leaguer and how things are so ever-changing, and also some great insight into the 2020 COVID MLB season. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure you share it with a friend or family member who you think would get something from it and be inspired by it. Again, share it with somebody who is grinding right now and struggling with patience throughout the process. This can give them an, an idea of how to roll with the punches and how to stay optimistic, thankful, and hopeful. Just send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcasts slash Ryan Harper to get the audio, the YouTube, video, and show notes. Remember, control what you can control. Ryan oftentimes couldn't control whether or not organizations were going to resign him or trade him, but also he kept a narrow focus on the things that he could control. That was able to keep him positive, thankful, and hopeful, and that's what led things to turn out well for him. But for now, it's time. It's time to take action. It's time to be patient with the journey by focusing on what you can control, by keeping your head down and taking advantage of the right opportunities when they present themselves. Because you've always got to be ready. No, a lot of you are probably not getting ready to be called up by an MLB. That's not going to be your big opportunity, but you're going to be asked to step up to the plate and perform at some point. Are you going to be ready for the challenge? Make sure you are. Prepare. Control what you can control so that you can be ready and so that you can get closer and closer to your best you. You.